0: Welcome to the PHNX Sun Devils podcast, or I should say live show, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the one and only sportsbook. Download today using the code PHNX and receive $200 in free bets when you place $5 or more on any NFL team to win, and they do. Hello, hello, welcome. Today I am joined by the Sun Devil great, Gary Knudsen, and we are waiting on one other, Rodney Cox. He'll be here shortly walking in as we're rolling, but. Gary, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you
0: it's so beautiful much. Beautiful
1: day today. Yeah, pleasure to be here. This is a great setup you've got here.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's a wonderful to have you here. So, you know, you've been a part of Sun Devil Nation for quite some time. Before we got started, we were talking about how you were part of this uh, 86 Rose Bowl team, or 87, I should say. What was that experience like for you?
1: Well, I, I was a redshirt guy that uh, year, so uh, I didn't get to participate in any games. But, uh, you know, uh, it was an amazing squad. I mean, the amount of guys that came off that team and ended up playing in the pros, I think there's maybe nine, nine, mm-hmm. ten guys that, uh, that went pro off that team. And, and, uh, and so it kind of just set the bar um, for, I think, the program. Obviously, there's some great teams under Frank Cush's tenure here. But, um, you know, that 86 team was, was pretty special with guys like Randall McDaniel and Aaron Cox and Sean Patterson and Todd mm-hmm. Kalis. And, you know, there was a real Arizona feel to that team, especially on the offensive line. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was an amazing team. And, and, uh, although I wasn't actively a part of it, I feel like, you know, that, that, that the first year that I got here and, and, uh, you know, even as a redshirt guy, you know, I still take some pride in that team. For as sure. you should. You yeah. should.
0: You were still a part of it. You were there in and out. Um, you were at the early morning practices still. You were still grinding, even though you weren't the one necessarily out on the field um, making those big plays. You were still a part of it in the background for sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. And heart and mind for sure. Absolutely.
0: So what is your Sun Devil story in terms of, you know, making your decision to come to Arizona State and... uh the whole process of what it was like for you here and how you decided to want to stay so involved.
1: You know, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, and uh, went to a real small high school, uh, Edmonds High School, in uh, in kind of the north end of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were a double A school, and and uh, I actually thought I was going to go to college and, and play safety. You know, that, that, that was kind of you know, my, my position, I played tight end obviously, but mm-hmm. I, I really I really loved playing defense. And, uh, you know, I was getting some scholarship offers from, from some smaller schools, kind of like the Linfields of the world and mm-hmm. PLU and, and Western Washington. And, and um, I'd, I'd heard from a couple guys that, uh, you know, there was this junior college program over in Eastern Washington that was kind of this football powerhouse. And this is back in 1984, right? And so mm-hmm. there was, you know, a significant amount of of junior colleges around the country, from Coffeefield, Kansas, to, you know, I went to Walla Walla JC, and and um, you know the 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 talent on that team that that uh, that I played on in junior college was. Amazing. There were a lot of guys that were non-predictors. Yeah, you know, they were they were uh, you know below 2.0 and and some of them had some kind of um, um, you know shady backgrounds. But man, they could play a ball. And uh, so I played there for two years. was was an All American my second year, and then that's when I had an opportunity to be recruited by, you know, schools like, uh, you know, Utah and Oregon and Oregon State and then Arizona State. I mean, the reason I came to Arizona State was, you know, they had two senior tight ends. And as a junior college guy, you really want to find a program where, you know, um, you can learn the system, right? Mm -hmm. And, And not be thrust into kind of this starting role, which is, Really, the situation for most JC kids. I mean, if a JC kid's being recruited, they want them to come in and play, yeah, and and really contribute right away. Arizona State had two senior tight ends, and so it was an ideal situation for me, and, and it worked out great. Um, you know, redshirted my first year here, we won the Rose Bowl, and then uh, our next year, uh, you know, I was a starter, and and uh, we had a great team that year as well. Um, we we just were lacking a couple key positions on that next year's team and uh, had we, you know, I think had a more consistent quarterback, although I love Dan Ford. And Mm -hmm. and if he's seen this, I don't want to hurt his feelings, but like I think he would be the first to admit there was some inconsistencies, um, you know, in his play that year. And, and um, you know, outside of the quarterback position, we were really, really strong. I mean, Randall McDaniel was still on that team on the offensive line, Aaron Cox, who was a first round draft pick with the Rams was on that team our defense was loaded um you know we just we just didn't have consistency at the at the quarterback position so um but man you know in hindsight um i I couldn't chosen a better school to come to uh it's been a great situation uh for me and and uh, now my family's here and Mm -hmm. you know i've lived here longer than i have anywhere else and you know, Phoenix is my home and, and, uh, proud to support the sun devils and, and, uh, you know, the ups and downs, uh, you know, every year. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we're always kind of cautiously optimistic. And I think this was one of those years we were really, I think, um, excited about what could be this year. And, you know, and unfortunately some things have, you know, transpired that have, um, impacted them in a negative way, you know, and and a lot of, I think the problems with uh, the team this year uh, is they're Mm self-imposed, you know, the penalties, for example,
0: uh, I think
1: is the biggest killer. And when you look at the two games that that we've lost, um, you know, and the amount of penalties, you know, whether it's Utah or BYU, you know, we're just killing ourselves.
0: Yeah. It's a hundred percent just shooting themselves in the foot and making it hard. That was something that Herm Edwards actually had talked about in the press conferences this week um it's hard to win a game when you're giving spotting another team more than 100 yards and just saying here take this um and we're going to find a way to work our way back from that and um I mean there have been games where they've done it but also it's when it's reared its head it's been ugly so um it's definitely been something that they need to uh focus on but you know he's talked about how it needs to be a player-led team was the team you were on a player-led team or what was that like
1: no, I mean absolutely. I can remember uh, my junior year. Um, we had a you know we had a couple situations where we had kind of players only meetings, you know, where mm-hmm. you know no coaches were involved, and so we had really uh, tremendous leadership on on those teams. You know, like I said, guys like Random McDaniel and Aaron Cox and Greg Clark and Stacy Harvey and um, you know S- Sean Patterson. We, we had some tremendous leaders on those teams. And I, and I think to a certain extent, that's very true. You know, um, successful teams are really about the chemistry of, mm-hmm. of those guys. And, and um, you know, the, the teams that have great success, if you really analyze, you know, the, the, the secret sauce, if you will, you know, it's, it's comprised of some really, really strong leaders on, the, on those teams.
0: Yes, I, I really think that, and, and it's the same thing that, you know, ASU basketball is dealing with right now as well. You know, last year they didn't necessarily have those same leaders. Um, I know it's a different sport, but still, I mean, a, a team that is player-led and player-driven is just going to have a different sort of mentality. So um, I think it's uh, going to be exciting to see what this team does this week, uh, especially coming in off of a bye. Um, that loss was critical, not necessarily something you want to go into the bye with, but, you know. I'm not sure how much you followed the press conferences that they've been having, but Herm Edwards mentioned on Monday he wrote all of the captains and the senior leaders a letter um, in terms of what he was, uh, where they were, and, and and just addressing some of the things that he wanted to talk with them about because he felt like it would resonate more with them. Um, and I don't know how you guys feel about that Rodney welcome I I haven't made my way over here yet but um you know I just was wondering how you guys feel about that in terms of if a coach were to write you a letter um how that would help you in terms of you know if you were a leader if you are in that leadership position to uh get the ball rolling and help the team proceed forward
1: I don't know I mean listen if somebody needs a letter to kind of turn it on and and get on track I don't know I mean, I don't know if that's something that I would have needed, mm-hmm. you know, um, what would, what's your take? You know what? Uh, first
2: off, I think with these kids nowadays, I think they need something like that. You, okay. know, what I mean? you know, like I played 0408 so with Coach Cutter and Coach Erickson. And, you know, these kids need to be a little bit of massage,
1: okay. you know.
2: So I think something like that, maybe like a, a mental state might trigger something, you know, as far as like, hey, you know, you're a leader maybe holding them accountable maybe giving them that boost you know just from losing the pre- the previous week and things like that so um would a letter
1: have been as effective for you okay versus coach having you come in his office and and talking man to man that's a good point
2: truthfully, I'm more of a one-on-one, man-to-man type of, hey, let's sit down, let's talk this through, let's see what we can do better, what we can improve in, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but maybe in that letter, again, we don't know what was written or what yeah. was what was said, but maybe it could touch somebody like, man, you know what, coach really does believe in me. you know, things like that. So I think either or w- would work. Sure. But, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm more like you, you know, that hard nose, like, hey, get your together. You know what I mean? You're a student athlete at yeah. a – Pac-12 school, things like that. So, you make a great yeah. point,
1: though, and and, uh, and it lost me for a second because I was thinking about, you know, if, if I was playing or the guys I know mm-hmm. in, in our era, right, in the 80s, right, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I, like, you know, that kind of – I can't even imagine, you know, yeah. somebody like a Jim Coletto writing a letter um right. to, to the players <laughs> I right
0: think, i think it'll be interesting but it's to your
1: point it's different it's, it's a different it's a, a different, different time, deal now it's oh my goodness yeah you know
0: he said that he did that and he chose that path because it, it for him he always liked receiving letters all his life <laughs> it gives him something that he can reflect back on and look at and it's not something that you have to think about it, it you always have it there and you can look <laughs> at it it's a physical piece of something you can reflect back on and so um i think that he wants them to have that as something to keep looking at to kind of ingrain it in their mind more. Um, Maybe he feels like they're more visual learners. I don't know um, if that might be something that they're learning. I I would think the visual learning from the penalty flags would be enough, but (laughs) I don't know. I'm not the one playing. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um,
1: At the end of the day, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Listen, you get a letter from your coach and, and again, not knowing any details on what was in the letters, Mm -hmm. But if it spoke to my character, it spoke to things that he knew about me that would possibly motivate me, mm-hmm. right? Man, that's a positive. Yeah. That, that's a positive for sure.
0: Um, so we just heard Gary Sun Devil story. Okay. Rodney, I know you have one yourself that's uh, pretty miraculous. Like we talked about it last <laughs> night a little <laughs> bit. bit. A little you know, bit. started off as a walk-on, worked your way up to being a starter on the mm-hmm. defense as a senior. So – Go ahead and walk us through your Walk your us through.
2: Um, so, Rizzi from California, uh, L.A. to be exact. Um, man, it was just L.A. Was, to be exact, because it's really
0: big there, though.
2: Okay, it is. Okay, so you want me like like, make it smaller? Okay, Compton.
0: Okay.
2: Now I pinpointed it. There okay. you go. You wouldn't do that to me right now. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Continue. Um, you know, just have fun. You know, uh, walked on at ASU, Coach Cutter recruited me. You know, and I just believed in myself at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. my parents and I, we took a chance. You know, say hey. You know what? We gotta go forward and believe in your skills, um, and that's what we did. Walked on, have fun. Follow my guy Mike Davis, uh, Mike Davis Jr. And within what first semester, I got a scholarship. It was crazy. Nice. Um, worked my tail off. You know, was on the um, the the nickel package on on defense, traveling squad, every special teams. So again, it was good. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Then from there, kind of graduated, played some arena ball um, out in Green Bay. So I am a Green Bay Packer fan, so I know. I know, I know. Listen, don't do that. Listen, people. He played
0: for the Rams. So, I mean, <laughs> I, know. I have nothing to say. Hey, I, I
2: did a little bit of, uh, you know, Googling when I was you know, on my way
1: here. <laughs> I had two stellar preseasons.
2: I saw that in your bio. <laughs> you still were a member. Right, right. So, it's crazy. So, like, I've been a Green Bay Packers fan all my life. So, it's kind of weird. I'm like, oh, man, the Packers play against the Cardinals. Go, Pack, go. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Who's going to
0: Who's gonna take it? To are play? you serious?
2: Um, the Packers. Why? Okay. Why? Here we go. <sighs> the Cardinals need to lose. This is the best team to do it. You can. Why, why do they need to lose? Listen, Says who? Because they do. They're not going undefeated. Who, what does Aaron Rodgers always say? Are these archived? I know, right? Okay, okay good. So, okay, here we go. The score is going to be 38-35. 38-35. Aaron Rodgers is going to lead a... 45-second leading drive to put him into a field goal with struggling Mason Crosby. You know, he's been struggling for the past two, two, three weeks. Again, I know this because I watch football all day. (laughs) 38-35. Sign it up. Let's go. All right.
0: I'm not going to make a prediction. (laughs) But I am going to just say how ironic it will be if, uh, you know, they hit another, like, Hail Mary like they did against the Bills and just light you up.
2: Don't do that to
1: me. It's going to be
0: thirty-five, thirty-eight, and then they're going to throw a hail mary, and that's how they're going to win, right? That'll be it.
1: Man, I, it, they're always great games. Green Bay and oh, the Cardinals man. have turned into kind of this little, you know, this little rivalry. It's mm-hmm. uh, my team growing up in Seattle's the Hawks, okay? Right, second second favorite team, the Cardinals. Okay, um, I've got a lot of friends at work at the Cardinals and whatnot, so I got to I got to mention that. But yeah, the Seahawks, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing the Cardinals. Take a L. It wouldn't hurt my feelings too bad. <laughs> There's a lot of right? people I think that <laughs> are in that the boat. the Seahawks don't have any chance, it looks oh, like this year in the bad. toughest division in football. I know. Hands Russell down. Wilson's
2: out. Oh man. Yeah, Carson's
1: out. <gasps> I know. Not I, looking. Good. I have them
2: on my fantasy team, and I cry. Yeah. You ready for this? I was down five points last Monday. Okay, Monday Night Football. Uh, oh my God, this is easy. I had Tyler Lockett.
1: Uh, gave me three point two uh, points. Yeah. I lost.
2: When well, Geno
1: throws that flat ball, and Russell throws those just sky balls, I'm, I'm right? I'm telling you,
2: it, it, it hurts. So
1: yeah. Seahawks is looking <sighs> – I feel you, man. I had Russell as my QB. <laughs> I had McCaffrey as my running back, oh. and Carson is my running back. Oh, IR, IR. Oh. <laughs> That's three of a kind. Man, it's I mean, good
0: Do you but... guys play fantasy with anybody that you played actual football with? Any fantasy this football year, games no. against This year, no. This year, I just played
1: with my son and and some, some buddies. But Likewise. Uh, yeah. Likewise. Have you
0: ever, in the past, okay. played fantasy against your old teammates?
1: Yeah, there's a couple guys mm-hmm. that I played with that, that used to do fantasy. Um, but I don't know, man. With COVID, I don't know what happened this year. We got a real late start on our team. So just yeah. my son and, and some some friends. We just put put it together real quick at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Likewise here. I mean, I, we've been in, in this
2: Keeper League for the last, what, three, four years. So we're just having fun, you know, Keeper League. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I lost last year, first ever. So I was back-to-back champion. You know, I'm like, yo, yeah, let's go. Let's go for a three-peat. So we decided to do a, um, a last player bet. or not a bet, but like a punishment. So I had to dress up. And thanks to my wife, she put me in this tutu. So it's on Instagram. So I had to walk around the neighborhood <laughs> wearing this sign that said, like, you know, last place loser. I'm not going to show you because I don't trust you. You're not. You sure <laughs> right. Because you would put that all over social media. <laughs> not doing it. Not doing it at all. No, no, no. But yeah, it's it's fun. It makes, you got a winner's pot? What's what's the pot? Oh man! How much? What's, five, what's winner take? so five, three, and two. Nice. Yeah. Now I got nice. another league. That's a hundred dollars. That's five hundred dollars a person, and it's Ooh, ten of us. Wow. Three thousand first player. Hey man, that makes it
1: interesting. <sighs> and it's a two quarterback league. Wow. Yeah. 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 It, it makes it interesting. It
2: does. It makes the week go by fast. Um, it's, it's it's pretty fun. So we're loving
0: it. Well, keeping things back on track with (laughs) ASU. Sorry, guys. I know you're enjoying that. But, um, you know, each team has a special kind of brotherhood uh, Mm -hmm. that you guys form throughout the years, depending on what you go through. um, You know, that all impacts uh, the long term relationships that you guys have. So, what what were some special moments uh, that each of you had that you felt like defined your Sun Devil brotherhood with your team?
1: Oh man, um, I hate so many. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know. Like, for my scene for my senior year, I, I got I, I want to say seven seven guys went down. I-, I went down the first game my senior year, broken fibula, um, and then my one of my best friends, Kirk Wendorf, he ended up going down with the season ending knee injury. Chris Garrett went down, our starting uh, split end, and so there was just this. You know, senior after senior after senior going down with mm-hmm. like season-ending injuries, and you know, and so we were we were all kind of you know watching the games together, you know, on crutches and whatnot, and yeah, and that was sort of you know this odd, awkward kind of bonding experience, being kind of the walking wounded. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I, I think just going to battle with guys is a bonding experience. I can't think of like one incident that was, you know, this bonding experience. I mean, uh, doing three days, you know, with, with your, your teammates and, you know, and especially the early part of the year, everybody's suffering T. together. Loved it. Camp yeah. T was, you know, um, back long when long. I was there in 86, you know, we literally had three days, Yeah. you know, and, and we were up there for, th- it seemed like two weeks.
0: And I've heard that it uh, it didn't matter who it was, it would always seem like if it was raining, the coach would have a magic uh, remote that would make the rain go away was <laughs> practice time, and then the rain would come back as soon as you were done.
1: Man, we didn't have a lot of rain the years that I was up at Camp T, which hmm. is awkward. You know, that's it's odd for that yeah. that time of the year, there's typically monsoons. But yeah, at night, there'd be a lot of rain and monsoons. But I can't remember a whole lot of our practices being canceled because of, of rain. Now... You know, uh, we, we'd have some storms roll in, and and we'd take it to the barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Cooper was um, very frightened of lightning, <laughs> and and so any lightning on the horizon or anywhere, he's like, "Gotta go." He was just, "Let's take it in the barn." I mean, we were out of there, man. He didn't play around with okay. lightning at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just just you know going through camps and and you know that's why I thought. It was so great when they brought Camp Tanazona back because it was such a bonding experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you carry that through for the rest of the year, in my opinion. I think it's a critical piece to kind of the, the magic sauce like we talked about.
0: No, I don't know if you have any special memories, but I also want to ask okay. you about Camp T. So okay. go with your special memories if you have any first, and then we'll revisit Camp T.
2: Special memory. Man, uh, it was the first year with Coach Erickson. And um, That was 2007, and we was on a roll. You know, we went, oh, my God, what, 7-0, 8-0. We're rolling. And I want to say prior we were playing against, I want to say it was Washington. And Ryan Terrain, running back, goes down with a foot injury. And we're like, oh, he'll be back. That's Ryan Terrain. He'll be back out for the year. And that was, that was hard. I mean, because I was like our – our workhorse like every play every down, Ryan train was special yeah but then you know we had you know Keegan Herring Dimitri Nance and we almost like came together as a team to say hey like we got to do it you know I mean obviously we we did pretty pretty good that year but just when somebody goes down it's almost like we all come together mm-hmm. you know it's like no man left behind or you know things like that so I think that was something that was special uh Camp T oh my goodness so first year I'm shook because, th- listen, the phone doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> okay, you live, eat, and you know what? Football. That's you know, it. you wake up, football. You got to do the fight song in front of everybody. Then they boo you. And I'm like, dude, I know the fight, song. I know it too. Like, right now. And, um, you know, just waking up early, removing the tarps was amazing, was cool. Um, The freshmen, you know. You guys had tarps on the field? Yeah, feet? we had tarps. Oh, but man. Listen, the rain came in. And- man,
1: you guys had that rough.
2: <laughs> The rain would come and we had to doo, 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 the, the horn goes and we had to put the tarps down and we had to wait till all the tarps or all the rain passed away. And then we yeah. had a, it was it was it was like a 30 minute deal, you know, to make sure that that the field was wasn't wet. Yeah. Did it
0: make you gain appreciation for the maintenance crew that has to do that like Listen, at a game?
2: I appreciate them. Because it is, it's a lot. I mean, I mean, you have probably in one of those little rows, you have maybe 15, 20 guys rolling that tarp out and wow. rolling it back. Um, but then when it did rain, we would have to go down down the street to the, uh, to the high school and practice there. Uh, but again, just Camp T was just a bonding experience. You know, just yeah. like what you said, just you literally, you wake up and you see the same guy over and over. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some guys would bring their, uh, <laughs> their music and we yeah. would make music. So that's where I don't know if you guys ever heard of is the A-State Shuffle by, um, by Nate Kimbrough. Nate Kimbrough, I'm giving you a shout out. Just to let you know that. <laughs> hey, bruh, shout out. So yeah, so Nate Kimbrough is out of California right now. Um, he's a music producer. So he okay. made A-State Shuffle. And it's a, yeah, we, we would perform that at clubs back in the day. Wow. And, and it was a dance. God. Listen, if you can look oh, it gosh. up, listen.
0: Did you guys have the energy it, to do this? <laughs> you're we no, like we did three no, days we, we, had, we did two
1: days but so we didn't do three my my roommate had a really cool rendition of the fight song and it's it's on you it's on my youtube uh page it's it's pretty good but it doesn't sound like it's as produced high highly produced as your your guys' version
2: so you just technology now, and now or you know when we did it it was crazy like we literally he would bring his his like stereo and i'm like dude this is Camp T. Yeah, but we would be like late at night, you know, in a freshman or a sophomore cabin. We would just be making music. Most people would be asleep but he made music, and that's what he's doing now. So it was cool. Yeah, it, it was cool. Yeah, it sounds that's like awesome. it
0: was awesome. You know, and I believe in two thousand eight was when Dennis Erickson started to move away from Camp T. Correct. Correct. So my senior year, what was that like for you to not have that opportunity?
2: Um, it was different. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I'm used to going to Camp T and it literally, just like what you said, it feels like two weeks, but yeah. it's probably maybe what, seven days, give or take. And I know for me, it was like seven to eight days.
1: Yeah. I think they shortened it a little bit. I don't think yeah. ours was two, but it was definitely, <laughs> it seemed like it was over a week. Yeah. I do yeah. check on that, but it was, it was long. It was. As a Everyone player says in it your situation, like, like from my junior year to senior year, mm-hmm. had our, had Camp T been canceled my <laughs> senior year? I, I think- Everybody would have been hell yeah, that's cool. Let's, yeah, that's a <laughs> great idea, but it hope. was so weird. So, right.
2: so I'm rooming with uh, with a Troy Nolan, okay, safety because I play safety as well. So they housed us at um, PV Maine, so uh, Palo Verde, uh dorms
0: that yeah. don't exist that anymore. Don't exist isn't anymore, isn't that crazy yeah. too? Right. And
2: it was so weird. So we could not leave the dorms. So you know, we had friends to come bring us food, and I remember to this day, like it was yesterday, we and him had a uh, four by four In n Out Burger we was hungry and we couldn't leave. We had that plus animal style fries plus a shake, you know, as yeah. you can tell. Yeah. It was, it was delicious. But that's a memory that I have was like, man, really my senior year, we couldn't go to Camp T. Again, I wasn't complaining, but yeah. I was just like, yeah, we gonna stay here in the dorms and have practice and have two a days. And that's what happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's yeah. not even like they kept you in the nice dorms. They had you <laughs> as seniors in PV Maine, like the dumpiest dorms. <laughs> that's rough.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So, you know, um, You mentioned singing. A lot of people actually don't know this about you. Um, And I don't know, I don't think we had time to download this video before because I actually didn't know this. But uh, for anyone who goes to games, you uh, might actually recognize his voice because he is the gentleman who does the... Go Devils Go at the beginning. Not me. Wait, hold on. It's not you? No, it's Gus. It's Gus? I thought it, I thought it was you.
1: No, no. Just in that fan story. Just in that
0: okay. Devil fan story. Oh. <laughs> devil fan story it was yeah. God, I was so confused. Well I was like, as, that's you? I thought it was Gus. No, as well as Jake okay. and
1: Van Rav. We all kind of did a rendition of it. but Okay. Yeah, and so the, the story is, you know, there were a lot of years after I graduated that, you know, in, in my business going to various football games around the country, I noticed that Everybody had a tradition, mm-hmm. right? Like University of Washington with the foghorn, mm-hmm. you know, USC with, with kind of, the uh, you know, what they do with the, the, the horse and, you mm-hmm. know, the dun, the, da, dun dun. dun, dun yeah, you know, yeah. everybody's got, had something right. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really have anything, you know, yeah. we didn't really have anything that was kind of a tradition for the sun devils during games. And I, it, it occurred to me that we did. And it was this guy, Ernie, Ernie Shavers, that used to stand up in games when I was playing and belt out Go Devils Go. And the guy was, you know, this louder than you can even imagine. You could hear it in Sun Devil Stadium. Mm-hmm. And we had 74,000, you know, a game back then. And you could hear yeah, this guy. Yeah, that was guy. when you was guys so sold out. Loud. That's crazy. Yeah, every game. Because it was just us and the Phoenix Suns. Okay. And and wow. uh that's it,
0: like a whole nother conversation to have yeah. with you on a different day.
1: <laughs> right. So this guy Ernie, you know, was like every game yelling go devils go, and and as players you'd try to imitate the guy, but he was he was iconic. He'd do mm-hmm. the same thing at, at at baseball games. And I don't know, maybe maybe 10 years ago I started to kind of plant the seed with guys like Don Backey and and um Tom Collins and Becky Park. You know, like, what if we could recreate Ernie's Go Devil's Go and play it you know, after every touchdown or or before every every you know uh, score, something like that, right? Find mm-hmm. a spot for it. And then it occurred to me that we had a guy, this Gus Farwell, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> who was, you know uh, uh, an opera singer and teammates with Jake and and so Jake, got me in touch with them and I reached out to him and I said, Hey man, here's this idea that I've got, you know, would you mind kind of doing some renditions of this code? And I let him listen to the original mm-hmm. and he did his own kind of Gus Farwell treatment. We had about four or five different versions. I sent them to Don Baki and Tom Collins and Becky and, um, they agreed to it, man. Yeah. And so we started playing it. You know, in in games, I think three or four years ago, we've been doing it now.
0: It's been for a while because yeah. I remember it when I was an undergrad. Um, I feel like I heard it then, and I graduated in 2015. So. Like, oh,
1: been a couple years. So it's a really cool backstory. Mm -hmm. It would be neat if they played kind of that or a version of, or did a one sheet for new students. So they knew Yeah, because I got to think that, you know, a new student coming in, they hear this opera singer. They're like, (laughs) what the hell is that? Yeah, It doesn't make
0: sense. How does football and opera go together? I don't get it. The
1: backstory with Ernie and his love for the sun devils and the fact that he was a staple at every football and baseball game in the seventies and eighties. Everybody that went to those Sun Devil games back then knew him. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, they were, they were big fans. And so I think for that segment of our, our, you know, our fan base, they love it. Right. Yeah. It's the new kid, the new students that kind of need to understand what it is and why yeah. it's part of our tradition, our history.
0: Mm-hmm. They just, like there's, there's like a disconnect, um, I think with a lot of things, because if you go down, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like if you were to go down to Tempe campus right now and pick out five students, right? And you're mm-hmm. like, you, 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 come here, sing the fight song. You would be lucky if one of them knew the fight song. Really?
1: It was probably, kind of mandatory for, for us. <laughs> for football, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah but, um,
0: I feel like it's just not, th- there's been a gradual decline um, in terms of, I feel like, overall fan involvement and I don't think there's any one particular reason for it over the years but um, I do think that a lot of it is it's such a there's so many people who come here from out of state um, not necessarily just students but families and so if maybe they grow up throughout high school in state but they don't they're not going to understand the significance of the rivalry between ASU and U of A if they're not educated on it if they don't understand what happened with prop 200 and it getting burned on the field um, you know the long um pushback from U of A against them becoming university, all the things that have happened since then, you're not going to understand why this trophy means so much. And I feel like that translates to everything within um, the athletic realm, and um, especially when it comes to like cultural and traditional types of things. Mm -hmm. So I just, that's a a fact sheet would be something. Um, I know this is going to sound stupid, but like an informational type of video. Well, that um, video...
1: You could embed that video on a page within the website. Yeah. So, you know, what the hell is this sound at games? And then you've (laughs) got a clip of the video. Yeah. Right. What what is the Territorial Cup? You know, here's the history of why it's the oldest rivalry trophy in college football.
0: They need to pull something about each of those that is just like – Enough of a headline that makes it pop that's going to make you want to read it. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like they'll send stuff, but it's like, here's this. And it's something – it's with some sort of caption that doesn't necessarily capture – Yeah, it doesn't grab your attention to really hit on the significance of what they're trying to present to you with this story mm -hmm. and what you could learn from it. Um, There's just a lot of things I think that um, they've tried and are out there and weren't necessarily – a terrible idea. They just could have been executed a little bit better and they would have been a hit and they're that close. And Hmm. so, you know, it's unfortunate to see it, but I hope that um, they, they are able to implement it a little bit more, especially with the big video board. Now Um, I would love to see them use that more during games, but um, you know, talking a little bit more about having the opportunity to play with ASU. You had mentioned earlier that you got a scholarship uh, while you were here. You were awarded a scholarship, I should say, um, and worked your way up. Now you're working with kids to uh, find them a home, help them realize what's best for them, where mm-hmm. they should go. Uh, what are some of the things you learned in football that you take with you now to your job when trying to help these kids find their path?
2: That's a good question. Thanks. I like you, Brittany. <laughs> um, <the biggest laughs> you don't have thing... to hype me
0: up. I know that's like a question that you probably get asked all the time. <laughs> I'm going
2: to hype you up every day. Okay. No, um, it's just it's hard work, hard work and dedication. You know, because sometimes I tell these kids, not sometimes, but I tell these kids, like, follow or trust the process. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry about what's going on with little Johnny over here or little Bobby, but focus on you. Focus on your controllables. Control what you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, just like what you said, again, I help high school kids get to college. Uh, I've been doing it for the last uh, last four years. So, again, across the country, you know, I got kids everywhere, even in Canada and things like that. Um, but, again, just... Me having to persevere, you know what I mean? Because let's be honest, being a walk-on is not like, yeah, let's be a walk-on, yeah, let's go. It sucks. (laughs) Let's just be honest, it's hard work, especially when these coaches, they don't spend money on you. You know, you're forking out money on your own, your parents are, so you gotta literally start from the bottom and work your way up. So, over the last four years, I've had athletes um, go on as a walk-on, they're working themselves up but it's a grind it's a grind so hey trust the process um again you better love what you do and that's what I tell these kids is don't don't just like football cuz I can wake up and I like football but like I would go back to football in a heartbeat mm-hmm. like I'm pretty sure you this happens to you where I have dreams and I'm just like man I wake up like you know still you know playing against oh my god Iowa when they were ranked like 15th or playing against LSU with DeMarcus Russell and you know uh, playing against Georgia and Reggie Bush at USC. And it's just crazy because it's ingrained in me. You know, I mean, I started playing when I was, oh, my God, seven years old, Pop Warner, you know, and then tore my knee when I was, you know, playing arena ball. But these kids gotta have to understand, like, hey, it's not going to be perfect. You know, you are going to have to, you know, sacrifice and you are going to have to uh, grind a little bit hard and things like that to get what you want. So, that, I mean, you know, I tell these kids all the time, stop being soft. Okay, and I know that I can't say that, so I apologize. But why can't you say that? Because I can not right now. It's yeah. not being
1: soft. Um, but it's no. so true, man. Like, and, and especially coming from somebody that probably went through one of the hardest things you can do in athletics, and that's being a walk on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, kudos to you. Thanks. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine what that would have been like going out to practice, getting taped, going out to practice every day right? You're not on scholarship. You're getting, you're getting the shitty jobs. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're on scout team, you're holding bags, you know, but man, to persevere and grind mm-hmm. and, and, you know, show the coaches your tenacity and, and that's crazy. man, that's, that's huge. That's yeah. a big, big deal, man. And, and so it gives yeah. you Man, it gives you a lot of credibility, you know, mm-hmm. talking that message to those kids. Right. I agree. I you agree. know,
2: and you're, and you're definitely right. You know, just the persevere part, you know, and that's why, I, again, I tell these kids all the time, like, if I can do it, you can do it. You know what I mean? Because, again, you know, if you believe and you have a, a great supporting cast, like I had a great parents and family, um, you know, you believe in God and things like that, like you could definitely do it. But So don't give up because the first try, you didn't get it, or the second try, you didn't get it, you know? So keep persevering, keep working hard, and let the rest settle itself out. That's it, you man. you got me all worked up. Now, now I'm ready to tackle somebody, Brittany. Jeez. Right. Sorry. Right.
1: Um,
0: well, I'm sure, you know, just like he said, you know, he still loves football. He'd go back to it in a heartbeat. Um, you clearly still have a love for football, and you help kids in a different way continue to play because you have – a scholarship fund that you've created through Arizona state or with Arizona state. I'm not exactly sure of the details, so I don't want to speak too much to it. I'll let you do that. Um, but it's specifically for tight ends. So can you explain how you decided you wanted to give back in this form and, uh, how this came about,
1: you know, Kevin Minifield, one of my old teammates and I were talking probably five, six years ago about different things, you know, that, that former players could do, you Mm -hmm. know, to give back. And, um, you know, we, we thought, well, at least I thought like, how could I help my position group? How could I help tight ends? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with Kevin's help, we, we kind of created this, uh, this endowment, this scholarship where I, you know, put some money, our family put some money into this kind of fund and, and it, um, you know, and it, 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 the scholarship is awarded to a walk on or non-scholarship tight end every year. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to kind of, um, you know, uh, have, a, have a little bit of a financial burden off their shoulder. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's really with Kevin's help that we were able to kind of put that together. And, and I think there's been, I'm not familiar with, um, the specifics, but I think Kevin got some other guys to kind of step up. And so I think that there's, you know, there, there's other former players that have done similar things. Um, but yeah, Kevin Minifield and, and and I kind of hatched that up and, and made that come to fruition so it's neat i get a little letter you know from from um the recipient each year thanking you know us for the uh for the help and and it's kind of neat you know it's mm-hmm. just a small way to give back yeah so um yeah that's kind of how that happened
0: well it that's sounds awesome. like it's an hmm. awesome awesome um thing that you were able to mm-hmm. come up with and i know it's something that a lot of sun devils um or I shouldn't say a lot of Sun Devils, that a number of former Devils that also are in your position that have graduated from the athletics program would like to see more of is more people who are alumni giving back in some way, shape, or form. Um, I've actually had a lot of conversations with Juan Roque about that and how he gives back and how he'd like to see uh, some of his other teammates uh, do the same. So... um, you know, he gave back last year in a way by giving some of his time to that team before they went to play U of A and had that 70 to 7 beatdown. down. <laughs> but, um, you know, with this year's team, they've shown glimpses of potential and then moments where you just don't really necessarily know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, offensively. It looked like it took them a while to get things going, but now they have um, an absolute stud running back in Rashad White. He's really established himself as the go-to guy. Um, I like
1: training him, too, though. Training him
0: is good. Lightning and thunder. I I, I like
1: both of them. It reminds me of Reggie Bush and Lindell White. Right. I agree. Right, Back in the day. Back in the day.
2: Man, listen. You ready to talk about this?
0: Yeah. You guys, I wanted to talk to you just about this team. So – you guys start the conversation, and we'll just see where it goes.
2: You know, um, first off, they're first in their region, right? So kudos to that, right? I'm, I'm loving that. Um, offensively, again, great quarterback and, and Jaden Daniels, two great I, – I, I like the running backs. You know, they complement each other. You know, like what you said as far as – And Lindo,
0: you have still, too.
2: Yeah. They have guys for days, you know, um, – the young man, and you know what? I got my notes because I knew I was going. You know, I pulled a you go in. I was gonna go in. Um What's my guy? Oh, here we go. The wide receiver. Oh, I like Shelton. For some reason, I don't. LB
0: Bungley Shelton. I
2: don't know why. It's something about He's a him. Stud. He's a stud. He's an absolute I, I stud. I like him a lot. Um, What I want more of is for them to run the ball more mm-hmm. to set up Daniels. You know what I mean? And not hit all these, you know, forty-yard passes every play. Like just, you know, hey, let's get. You know, five yards of pop. Let's be honest, five yards of pop, that's the first down, you know, every two times. Yeah. You know, then from there, hey, you know, let's see once the defense starts creeping up, hey, now let's do a play action or an RPO or, you know, um, roll out, whatever that may be. Then let's hit it deep because they have a lot of wide receivers
1: for days. Um, man. Do you see any wide receivers, though, that have kind of emerged this year, like in years past? I mean, it feels like mm. we've been really, like, I think back, you know, in the whole history that I've kind of been aware of Sun Devil football, mm-hmm. there's always been a really standout yeah. wide receiver.
0: I mean, and, even and in and years, Even, years. On, even mm-hmm. on
1: crummy teams, there was a guy. That go-to. Just a guy, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know who that guy is this year. Now, mm. Hodges is is emerged. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy to see. as a tie, former tight end mm-hmm. um, because I was worried about Hodges, man. Okay. Like, in years past— this guy, have you seen Hodges in person?
0: Yeah, he used to come into my old yeah. work all the time and come hang out. He this was a big guy dude.
1: is a house. He's, He's big. big. And last year and the year before, you know, it, it, I don't know that he was that confident. Mm-hmm. And that's an important element in catching the ball. Yes. Yes. And he dropped a few balls. Right. This year, man... He's all about confidence. I mean, he's in my mind one of the one of the standouts on that offense. I love his game, especially the last few weeks. But there's not—correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know who that dog is. I don't think wide that receiver. they
2: have a dog. They, just, they have a lot of compliment wide receivers where sure. you know like you Pass have good hurt, right because he had i think he was going to have the big game against ucla yeah he,
0: he is he, he had he, a big game against ucla i really would venture to say that his biggest game that he okay. had as a breakout player was last year against u of a because okay. he was really more so of a backup guy at that point at in time mm-hmm. um and you know once asu was up by what was it 35 to <laughs> 7 i want right. to say um, or they were up by a significant amount, and mm-hmm. then I felt like that was when you started to see him get Bro. the ball into his hands mm-hmm. more and make more plays. But Is he
1: in that? Is he in that same category? Never, of, no,
0: he's not. He's of just, like an
1: Ayuk, of a Darby, no. of a Nikhil.
0: No, and that's is he in that they, same range? Yeah, no, they touched on that a little bit this week. Um, you know, they said it, it, Bobby Wade said it's hard for them because they have so many guys, and so mm-hmm. th- really they just want every guy to go out into practice job. and compete. The hardest that they could compete mm-hmm. to elevate the level of everybody, and whoever's played the best that week of practice is who's starting.
2: That's tough. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, keep everybody hungry. I get that. But man, but you're right. It's not just that one, like, hey, if it's third and eight, who can I go to? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I know back then when I was playing, um, <laughs> we had we had Chris McGay. Love him to death because when he made that awesome catch uh,
1: with He was a baller.
2: Baller. You know, like we knew, hey, if it's third and eight, we got to go to him. You know, we knew, you know, or, uh, you know, Mike Jones. We used to be like, Mike Jones? Because that song came out. You know, I mean, we just had guys, you know, but it's that guy on this
1: team. It's third and and it's third and seven. Third and seven. And you need Rashad White. Yeah.
0: Unless it's Utah.
1: Stop
2: it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey man you were passing the ball really well the entire game why are you all of a sudden going to abandon everything that's working for you and just hammer the run game i know and hammer the run game and hammer the run game or the bubble screens yeah
1: you know what
2: I'm, I'm not gonna say i hate bubble screens but damn it i hate bubble screens i need you to go like for instance we played against stanford okay go downhill get yards yeah. I, but then this is the offense that people run now is that RPO, bubble screen, um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage and let your athletes do his work or, you know, do what they do. I mean, they have so many guys. They can go two by two. They can go empty all day. Yeah. Just spread them out, you know. Um, I would like them. I mean, ah, man, you, now you got me hyped.
1: I mean, I love, you know, pound the rock, pound mm-hmm. the rock, and then that opens up the world, right? Yeah. Play, then action. play action. Tight end pop. Really um, matters, right? And yeah. then you get Jade and you've got to. You've got an incredibly athletic quarterback. Mm-hmm. You roll him out, let him scan the field. Mm-hmm. Where are my drag routes? Where are my tight ends dragging? Right. Right. Where are my crossing <laughs> it, routes? It just opens up. Where are my deep out? routes? When's the last time you saw a ball over 30, 40 yards? I mean, compared to previous UCLA. years. UCLA. Yeah,
0: about
1: to say right. UCLA. But man, we were yeah. going deep. You know, we were taking shots the yeah. last four years, it oh, seems yeah. like. And this year it doesn't seem like we take a lot of shots.
0: No, this offense just seems like it took a little bit of time for them to get their feet fully under them with, uh, I don't know what it was, like you know they still are having some issues in terms of the penalties mm-hmm. and the movement and I, I just don't know where the disconnect is with them.:
2: Yeah, yeah. Now you want, let's talk defense.
0: Defense is looking pretty good. I'm, I'm expecting yeah. to have Chase Lucas back. Or okay. They're, ex, they're expecting to have Chase Lucas back. <laughs> I'm expecting him to have a good game. we got a right. couple
1: of dogs on defense. A couple, start with yeah. Butler. Yep. Oh, Butler's huh? having
0: an outstanding Butler,
2: season. Um, the you know, linebacker. Um, he actually
0: stood up and took credit for the Utah loss and said okay. that he, as a leader, was one of the people who wasn't vocal enough and said he needs to do more. Wow. Okay. And so I thought that that was big to get up on hmm. stage at a press conference and say, I didn't do enough as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did I not lead by example, but I wasn't being vocal enough on the sidelines to tell my guys we need to do more.
1: Okay. Wow, that's huge. That is. So,
0: um, he's big. Um, Merlin. Merlin Robertson. Merlin, I feel like his, his, he's not necessarily having as good of a season as what everybody had anticipated for him. His stats are not on par. True. To end the, the year with where uh, mm-hmm. they would have been his after his freshman and mm-hmm. sophomore year. I don't think
1: he's surpassed his freshman performance. I don't think so either. He came in. He came in hot.
2: I mean, when I was looking, I was like, man, is this, like, another edition of – Are you in my head right yeah, now? Yeah, man. I was like, man, this, this – You this remember thing, Vontaze
1: man. is a freshman?
2: So, I didn't play with him. So,
1: I left, he came in, but, man. Dude.
0: I saw him as a junior. I was a freshman when he was a junior
1: with – So, to me, Brock. his freshman year was the year, right? Like, he was sideline to mm-hmm. sideline. You talk about a guy that could tilt the field. <sighs> and then all of a sudden, man, I mean, you just – Things when, happen. He went off the reservation. Yeah. He just yeah. Got crazy.
2: And I mean, and again, sometimes success gets in your head or sometimes, you know, you got to have that, that person to keep you level headed or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Accountability. Like, hey, we like we know you're good. Yeah. yeah. Chill out. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Every week he was getting what? Four or five p- penalties. I'm like, dude, like, calm it down, bro. Like, yeah. chill. But I mean,
1: you know, yeah. Well. He was a, he was a, Man, he was a really exciting player to watch Mm -hmm. his freshman year. Yeah. He was
0: exciting to watch his junior year, even when he racked up a lot of penalties. Um, I know that that year the team finished, I want to say, 6-6. and And they ended up losing that game, the last game of the year, against U of A. But um, I still have really, really good memories of watching ASU football. Play my freshman year and just some absolutely huge moments mm-hmm. with him and Brock Osweiler mm-hmm. and um, you know oh, Carl Bradford was on that <laughs> team. Will Sutton, that was just a, a, another team that had a lot of really good players on it. But
1: oh, yeah. Will Sutton a beast. Yeah.
0: Before we move on to getting some predictions for this weekend, oh. I would be remiss if I don't bring up DraftKings. I was supposed to do an ad read re about twenty <laughs> minutes ago. Got a little bit distracted. Okay. Um, make sure you go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our code PHNX when downloading and bet just $5 on any NFL team and whatever, if they win, or you have to bet on them to win, not lose, obviously. Okay. Bet on any NFL team to win, and if they win their game, you will get $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's okay. as easy as that. Do that right? Um, also, uh, I'm not sure... How you guys feel about, uh, you know, your typical male shaving products? I'm touching my face. I don't have anything <laughs> to, uh, like, to shave, but uh, Manscaped has razors to get you all smooth. So make sure if you want a smooth face to go to Manscaped.com, <laughs> use our code PHNX, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. I thought okay. that was
1: going
2: somewhere else. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was a little nervous. Yeah. I didn't know what you was doing. but I'm
0: keeping it smooth right now. <laughs> Not going to go anywhere besides <laughs> that one. Um but yeah, so also you can head over to GoPHNX and uh, look at our Pac-12 picks of the week for a full breakdown of all the picks, but today we're going to be doing a little bit of discussing this ASU versus Washington State game over the weekend, an early kickoff. They early. moved back a little bit though, 12:20. so I can't exactly say noon anymore, <laughs> but a midday kickoff, I almost don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my day now.
2: Right. I mean, probably relax a little bit. That's how it used to be, <laughs> right? That's how all it was. Our, it was amazing. It
1: knew, Go
2: out there you and know? sweat a little bit, and then yeah. we we're done by. I mean, probably what three? Well, probably four o'clock. Rest up a, just a little bit. Hit meal or Scottsdale. I
0: yeah. mean, <laughs> rest is for the weary, uh, ma'am.
2: Uh, we need oh, to rest, ma'am. okay? <laughs> okay.
0: Listen, it's all about just how you function. Okay, <laughs> you just keep telling yourself like. I'm good. I'm going to slam this Red Bull, and then I'm (laughs) going to just, like, 30 more minutes. And then you just stay distracted long enough that you don't realize it's been 40. And you're like, it's already been 10 more minutes. I'm just going to stay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
1: yeah. But What do you think helps the program? Um, Late games or – I think there needs to be a
0: solid mix of both.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't
0: like anything that's too early in the morning um, in terms of... like
1: 12.30.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a solid time to have a kickoff. 3 o'clock, East Coast,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
0: You know, Colorado has been playing a couple of those 10 a.m. time slots. I think that that's a terrible time slot for any team in the Pac-12. Unfortunately, it's one of those realities that you're going to have to deal with every once in a while, having that three-hour time difference. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think if they can avoid falling in those time, that time slot. The other ones from 12, 12.30, anything from then on I think is good, but you don't want to always be in that nighttime slot, especially when things were more limited with the Pac-12 network. Yeah, I think it helps the program without the Pac-12 network. Um, even if most of their games are at night, um, you're still going to have people who will say, oh, I'll record it, mm-hmm. catch highlights in the morning, or they'll put it on as they're falling asleep or whatever. It's just...
2: You know what though? I think when we're when we're in those those early games where it's hot, let's use that to our advantage. You know, because let's be honest, play keep, at night? No, play oh, play during. The day. Yes. Oh
0: yeah, fans fans are. I know
2: fans don't like it. Well, but
0: fans don't, haven't been coming out. They don't really come out in full force to those first couple games, anyways. I
2: know they don't. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate. now and it's
0: weird. How you see you guys used to always sell out, but you also didn't have as much competition. Um, How big of a ticket competition was it, um, even after you had very first graduated, if you were coming back to a game, for um, UCLA coming to town, USC, uh, U of A, versus, um, you know, a Washington or a Washington State or an Oregon State?
1: Yeah, I I think as the Cardinals came in and the Coyotes and the Diamondbacks, there was definitely, you know— uh, the pie, we we had to share the pie with these other teams, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 80s when I was there, you know, every single game, it didn't matter. It could have been San Jose State mm. and it would be sold out, right? And it, it was an event. Way um, different than now. Um, and so right. we're talking about the heat, right? I can yeah. remember my junior year, we played Nebraska on September, I don't know, 29th or something, right? 27th, something like that. And it was 112, Uh, 112
0: this year in September. It was like nice by that.
1: And it was standing room only. Oh, so this, this notion that fans won't come out and they won't put up with the heat. I don't know. Maybe fans like everybody else, Mm -hmm. everybody else is they've changed, right? They become spoiled
0: to a different sun devil nation,
1: but it was amazing. Sun devil stadium, 74,000 people standing up, rocking like that was a really challenging place for people yeah, to come crazy. and play. It was a lot like Husky Stadium, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like really loud. Oh yeah, you oh, know, yeah.
2: good old Husky Stadium. That's crazy because I mean the biggest crowd that we played or that I played in at Sun Devil Stadium was when we played against Iowa. Um, oh my gosh, it was probably in like the probably high fifties, low sixties. It was crazy. Had they Again,
1: downsized the stadium when you were there? Had they already done that? Uh, they didn't. Well, they kind of
2: sectioned a couple of areas off because they knew that when it was raining. But then I'm thinking to myself, well, Iowa's ranked like 15th or 16th. You know, we were thinking it was going to be a, a sold out crowd, but it wasn't. Um, that was a big game. I mean, playing LSU was a big, huge game because yeah. we were supposed to play there. But then yep. you know, with Katrina happened. That was
1: after Katrina. That was, was after at the, that yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that was crazy. Again, we won't talk about that game. Cause heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. I was on the field and I saw Demarcus Russell run one way, should have got sacked, run the other way and throw it to the caddy corner, and they called it a touchdown. We're like, no! But then that's when they didn't have the uh, review, you know. The uh, yeah, let's not talk about that. (laughs) Listen, I still have dreams about that too. We should have won that game. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, let's make some predictions uh, for this weekend's game. Mm. How do you see this unfolding? How does uh, do you see Arizona State winning, and how do you see them doing so?
2: Okay. I see them winning. Okay. Okay. Score. 38-17. Market. Take to the bank. All right. Take to the bank. Go get a lottery ticket. Car riding Cox. 480-399. Beep,
0: beep, beep, beep.
2: Okay. Let's go.
0: All right. How about for you?
1: I think they win for sure. Um, I, I think with the bye week, mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of, you know, um, self-reflection, uh, players getting letters, you know, I think all of that's going to have an impact on the area that we need to adjust in the greatest way and that's penalties. Right. Right. We, we've got to eliminate the mental mistakes mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, the, the penalties are, are almost equally split, if I'm not mistaken on offense yeah. and defense mm-hmm. and special teams. They have 11
0: with special teams. I don't know right. why that's the only number that sticks out in my head, but
1: yeah. And so they've got to clean that up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think they do that. Um I would say, like I'd love to see us get into the 40s. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 42 a la Pat Tillman and <laughs> okay. let's call it 42 17. Okay. I think Washington State's just gonna be a little shell shocked with yeah. their coach mm-hmm. out of there. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think it's just, you know, anytime something like that happens for the reasons that it happened with him, I think there's going to be a negative effect yeah. versus if, you know, he He's was, there. he was a jerk. Cause he was, a, he was a pretty, mm-hmm. from what I've read, he was a pretty beloved coach. He, <laughs> he, was. he really liked, liked him. The players really liked him. So I think they're going to be negatively impacted by that.
0: Yeah. Um, now I agree with that. I also think that a lot of people who are maybe thinking Washington state might have a little bit more of a chance are, Comparing their last game that they played in against BYU to the same BYU team that Arizona State faced earlier this year, Mm -hmm. they are not the same. Jaron Hall is not the same quarterback since Arizona Mm -hmm. State has played them. Um, So the fact that that game was as close as it was between BYU and Washington Mm -hmm. I don't think is a true uh, comparison or Mm -hmm. a litmus test of sorts to look at these two and say, oh, well, here's how this game's going to play out. Um, I think Arizona State, as long as they're able to stay confident and control what they can control – uh, I think they'll do just fine and should be able to walk away with a pretty significant win. I'm going with 40 24.
1: Ooh, 40 24. i love to the 40 spot. We're due for a 40 right. spot. Okay. The, okay. You we'll know
2: what? See. Are we writing this down? <laughs> it's, it's, it's recording. On, it's on okay. The interweb. Okay, there we go. I just want to make sure y'all know.
0: Your what's... dad's been saying hi this whole time.
2: Wait, how do I know? Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. Build it and they will. <laughs> Team must never be set. Lord Jesus. <laughs>
0: See?
2: Right, I'll put up a good one. <laughs> o played Lord how would it you know what? Nine Your parents believed in you. See? Your parents <laughs>
0: believed in you the whole time.
2: You know what? Tell my Papa right, Rodney, Hey Papa you Rodney are an MVP. MVP. Let's go. I love it.
0: Well <laughs> gentlemen, any departing part de- <laughs> departing <laughs> thoughts before we uh hit the road here?
1: Oh man. Um Do we have any sympathy for our friends down south? No. No, not even close. None, well, right? and What the work did I do? Uh, yeah, you know what? I do have sympathy. I mean those are get better. Mad, Those you, those guys, I mean, you, geez, can you imagine? Listen. What are they up to now?
0: Twenty. Twenty? 20. 20? Yeah. Twenty. Listen. They have not won a game since October 5th of 2019. <laughs> I was just there.
2: Um so I took a couple of my kids to the <laughs> wow, the U of A NAU game. Crazy!
0: Oh, so you got to see <laughs> yeah. that upset. Hey. <laughs> hey. So we're there, and
2: I'm just like, this can't be happening. This little, I'm not saying little brother, but, you know, I'm like, Anna, you was really about to beat. Oh, it, it, it was crazy. Yeah. So do I feel sympathy? Not really, because, again, I mean, like, you know, I'm an ASU guy. Yeah. So, the, like, those coaches there, they they know, like, I bleed maroon and gold. Yeah. But for the student-athletes, I'm like, damn, like, really? Like, two years. I mean, it. it they haven't won a game. They need to be some some self check. Maybe we need to go into the locker room and and talk. And not, I'm not talking about talk with my mouth, but we don't need to talk. Like, hey, we need to get this thing together because I didn't come to U of A to dot dot dot. You know,
1: to, to be run little... the
0: triple option. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on Twitter today. Somebody pulled up that old Khalil cool Tate gem.
1: Yeah, um... it's crazy, man, because uh, it affects the whole conference, and it the does. perception of the conference. Mm-hmm. That we can have a team that's got 20 straight losses. That bad, right? Yeah. I mean, they should and, and, and they cleaned
0: week. house. Yeah, they really should have, right? I mean, like, is it, isn't not the entire staff
1: new? Yes, the entire staff,
2: the entire staff. So what
0: do you do? I, well, everyone's saying that that's been a question. Okay. Uh, is his is he on the hot seat?
2: People said yes, and I'm like, how? That's he can't be on the hot seat because that's you literally just
0: spent how many like how much of the university's money to buy out. Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. And you're in your first year with Jed Fish. Right. Like, yeah, I could see you saying, Oh, are some of these graduate assistants on the hot seat? Right. Yeah. Because we pay zero dollars mm-hmm. for them. So see you later. We're not
2: the head coach. Yeah, no. I, I know, it's crazy. It's 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 insane. It's crazy. Um, you gotta give him at least at least three years. You know, at yeah. least the first year is not even his recruits. Yeah. You know, give him time to recruit and get his type of guys yeah. to change the program. Totally agree. So, so, oh, my God. When I saw that, again, I'm not a U of A guy.
1: But I was like, that's really? Crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I did think the same thing, too. I said no. Right. I was
1: like, Well, no, the same can't. thing's going on at UW with Lake. <sighs> They're calling for his head after the Montana loss. Right.
0: That, that's a Dylan Morris issue.
1: Okay. Ooh.
0: Did anyone watch the game? No, I did not. Again, Montana's legit.
1: Are you talking – what are you talking about? Dylan Moore is their quarterback,
0: yes. I think he is the central issue with uh, their offense not being able to produce. I mean, you have your defense that's out there on the field so much because offensively you had a kid who was supposed to be a five-star quarterback who's going out there missing shots by like six feet. You're not even within the receiver's vicinity. Um, He just looked terrible. And that, I guess, is how he had played most of this year. And then he came out in the fourth quarter and suddenly – Everything was clicking. He mm. was rolling. He was hitting passes. So then, and that's probably and he how, how he like
1: looks he, during the week.
0: Yeah. And so it's one of those things. I think it's a Dylan Morris issue with Washington as mm. to why that they're struggling. Okay. Um, mm. Not so much a Jimmy Lake thing. So yeah. then
2: what do you do as a coach, right? Because a coach is there to win, right? It's, it's a business at the end of the day. Like, at some point in time, you got to switch out. Go to your backup or whatever that may be. Like, forget the stars and forget the high school accolades and things like that. Like, if you're that bad, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, are we just going to just keep going down this, this downhill sled?
1: Like, yeah. This,
2: oh, I hate it. I mean, that's something. I'm
1: like, do you switch?
0: I mean, I, or
1: maybe the backup is not that great, and the switch would be. Then, I mean, worse. that's bad recruiting. Call Rodney Cox. It's
0: gonna. I got some dogs. It's gonna hurt them in the long run. And I That's feel like Lake
1: Forte, for right? Yeah, I mean, he's the <laughs> recruiting guy. He is.
0: Yeah, I know it's crazy. I know. It's (laughs) wild, but I can't believe it's already been an hour. It's been an absolute pleasure to have both of you on with me. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope to have you on again at some point in the future. I will
2: drive here an hour and a half to sit here and talk to you anytime. Ditto. You
0: should. He's close, (laughs) though. He's only up the street. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay.
1: I got a Santan Valley. (laughs) It was lovely. (laughs) Oh, that's brutal. It was, yeah. Yeah. Maybe she can hook up the chopper for you next time.
0: We got a landing pad right over there at St. Joseph's Hospital.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll pay for gas.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we fly you by? Oh. Hey, there hey, we go. Come on. Turn All right, up. guys. Well, <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Joining us in studio tomorrow will be Juan Roque and Kyle Murphy, who played on that 96 Rose Bowl mm-hmm. team, going to be talking about some of their time since then, what they've been up to, and catching up. So we'll see you out at homecoming this weekend if you're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Follow us on everything and see you later.